Welcome to the Disrupt Your Career podcast, brought to you by Claire Harbour and Antoine Tirant. We're passionate about helping everyone find fulfillment in their work life. We believe that big, messy, uncharted career changes are inevitable. And it's up to you to decide. Will you take control and disrupt? Or allow yourself to be disrupted? We wrote the book about it. And now we share here our conversations with other thinkers in this crucial area. Settle down and get ready to listen to this dose of wisdom. So Carter, Carter Cast, you're back to talk about your book, which was published a little while ago now, The Right and Wrong Stuff. I'm delighted to have you back. And the book, even though it was published a few years ago, remains incredibly relevant. And we want to share it with the listeners. So perhaps we could start by simply asking you what led you to write the book? What was the need that you perceived, the audience that you had in mind, and all those sort of factors that led you to going through the mammoth task of creating a book at the time that you wrote it? There was an inciting incident. I was on the phone with someone I used to work directly for. We hadn't talked for a long time. We did our updates on family. Then I asked him about his career, and I could hear the disappointment in his voice when he talked about his career. And he hadn't achieved the level of accomplishments that I think he probably thought he would, and certainly that I thought he would, because he's very talented. We hung up the phone, and I literally got a sticky note from right next to me, and I put on my wall, what impedes the progress of talented people? I wrote that, and I looked at it for about two, three weeks, and then I went to the dean at Kellogg and said, can I do some research on this? I'm curious about this topic. When you see these talented people and we see them all the time, you know, we invest in early stage startups, you'll see these people hit walls and you, why are they hitting a wall when they're competent, they're intelligent, what's going on? So I dug into the topic. Wonderful. So in the book, what are the key concepts and methods and insights that you go into And if you could possibly summarize it in a way that will incite our listeners to go and buy it. But in the meantime, a summary would be fantastic. There's a lot of research on this because of all the 360 interviews that people do, 360 surveys. What do the people that are at the top of an organization do differently that are the high pose, high potentials? What do they do differently than people that are in the bottom quartile? And you can tease out what competencies strong people have and what competencies people that aren't as strong in terms of performance, what they lack. Then I ended up talking to 50-some people who had either been fired or demoted, and I found these themes, these very clear themes. And the biggest theme is a lack of self-awareness, not surprisingly. A lack of self-awareness around a blind spot, a skill gap or an attitudinal trait that was holding somebody back because they either wouldn't face it, it was too painful, or they were blissfully ignorant of it. And so that was the key theme. It's like the headline of the book is, what you don't know can hurt you. And that absolutely goes beyond just career, doesn't it? It's in every (laughs) respect in life. But yes, beautiful. Can you tell us about any particular case study or story within the book that might crystallize what you've just described and give us a great example, some sort of best practice or best result? Well, the number one reason I found for people that run into trouble and derail, either they get fired or they get demoted or they flatline, they're told they're not promotable. 
The number one reason is not surprisingly interpersonal issues. And so I created these archetypes, these characterizations to sort of lighten up this topic. So one of the characterizations I have is this Captain Fantastic character who's, you know, big and bold and I, me, mine and presses for the advantage and is, you know, bruising people as he in his quest for the corner office. And he does well early in his career because he self-advocates very effectively. But later on, when the job gets nuanced and this person needs to rely cross-functionally on other people, they need to work through other people. Other people are not there for this person because he's bombastic, he's self-serving, he's not empathetic, he lacks compassion, and he ends up derailing. And that is the number one reason. So I, as I wrote this, I would get letters and emails from people who would say, I was Captain Fantastic and I felt the lash of being Captain Fantastic. And then I would contact them back and I'd say, well, what have you learned or what happened? And what's interesting is 80 some percent of the time, if somebody owns their derailment trait, I have lacked empathy. I've been pressing to my advantage and not listening and not really trying to help cross-functional teams get their work done. When people own it, 80 some percent of the time, they end up alleviating or mitigating that trait and getting back on track. So it was so nice to hear from people who said, I have that. What should I do about it? Or I have that. I want to get past it. And I would say, you will get past it if you want to. But the first thing is you got to own it. You know, Claire, one of the biggest derailment reasons, and I think this is on the rise today, given all the devices and all the technological changes we're going through, it's an archetype I call version 1.0. People that are stuck, they're not embracing new technologies. They're not current. And as a result of that, they're falling behind. You know, how do you use generative AI to your advantage? Machine learning, big data sets. How are you thinking about these seismic shifts? Are you in front of them? Do you have advisors around you that can counsel you on the best uses of some of these change technologies? And when people deny that and say, you know, I know how to sell, sales of contact sport, you know, I don't need to understand these fancy software lead generation tools. Well, actually, these tools could help you be even better in selling. So that is one that I'm really on the lookout for this, like, are you a learner? And are you adapting to changing environment, especially with all these new technologies that are coming? Another reason for derailment that has happened more lately is this person that doesn't deliver on promises. So they say yes to too many things. They get overextended. They don't have good prioritization methods. They don't have a good way of moving through their tasks. They don't have organizing procedures for their day. And they end up dropping balls as they're juggling and juggling. And people end up pulling away from this person because their word is not their bond. And at the root of this one, I found it is either people that don't have a good system to organize their day and their work, they don't prioritize well, or they have trouble saying no. So there is books and methods to actually learn to say no with tact you know, with compassion, really, really important because, you know, in this day and age where this device is just interrupting us all the time, we have to know how to block our day, spend our time on our important initiatives and not get distracted by everything that comes along. So that was an interesting one. The number one reason self-reported 
that people derail is they say they get distracted and can't get their work done, which I think is this inability to deliver because of letting outside distractions get in your way. That's fascinating. Not entirely surprising, but definitely fascinating and inspiring also, because there are tangible techniques that one can put into place after the problem that really can enable massive improvement. David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, lots of times I will just say, read some of these really well-articulated books on how to get work done, like Dave Allen, Getting Things Done. And I will have people come back and say, I wasn't doing any of these principles of, you know, how to manage your time, how to block your day, the best modalities of communication for different types of objectives. It's so basic, but it's so important. It is. And it's so often neglected, not just with the students that you see in your classroom, but often with top level executives that still haven't really cottoned on to the fact that they cannot do 25 things in 24 hours in the day. And it's only when they're forced to take a step back that they finally see it. So that's a wonderful note of optimism on which to finish, to see that there are solutions once you've owned it. It's a basic precept of coaching, but it's wonderful to share that in such a strongly reinforced way in terms of the research and with wonderful anecdotes. So thank you for sharing all of that. Carter, it's a pleasure as ever to have you with us. And we look forward to talking with you at some point in the next year or two about your next book. As I mentioned to you, I'm interested in another topic right now that I think, again, like the derailment topic is important, but it isn't a captivating topic. So it doesn't rise to the level of consciousness. And I think there's an important topic out about how you manage which is along the lines of the last conversation we had about getting things done effectively. How do you manage? How do you manage effectively? Well, there you go, listeners. That's something to be looking out for in the next, not immediate future, but within the next couple of years, I would hope we'll be egging you on from the sidelines. (laughs) Thank you, Carter. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed hearing from this month's guest as much as we did. Do go and check out our work on disrupt-your-career.com and come back soon. Thank you.